This is the Horse Radio Network. The struggle is real, apparently, for male riders looking for quality men's riding clothes. This week, we brought in an expert to dissect the issue properly. Also, we'll discuss why barn work doesn't count as exercise, and why the heck does everyone we know have a side hustle? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy happy hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Aaron Barber. Welcome to episode 44 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're so excited you're here, Aaron. <laughs> I am thrilled to be back, and thank you for having me. Super excited. It's literally been since, what, June? So I'm really yeah. excited. So if you guys, hopefully you've already listened to the episode. Uh, I think it was episode 26 that we had Aaron come on, and his claim to fame at the time was he posted a selfie in the OTTB Connect Facebook group and basically every woman in that group had a heart attack (laughs) at how handsome you are and so we're like we need this guy on the podcast so Aaron is an amateur event writer from upstate New York he owns an off-track thoroughbred named Thade and he's a vet tech by day designer by night and dabbles in modeling uh hence all the women swooning over him on the internet (laughs) so thanks so much for coming back to the show we're so excited to have you I'm super excited thank you for having me well, this episode is brought to you guys by flare strips. And if you guys don't know a little bit about flare strips, we use them all the time, especially every time our horses run cross country, just because the research that they've gone into it, actually, they were developed by veterinarians and they're a drug-free self-adhesive nasal strip that promotes the optimum health for equine athletes. We use them because they've been clinically proven to help make breathing easier. So it results in reduced fatigue. It conserves energy and they end up recovering quickly. So we use them on all of our horses, especially our big guys every time they run. Cause when they go fast cross country, we definitely need these and we love them. So thank you guys for joining in. All right. So I've got a really interesting drink for you guys. Over the weekend, my husband and I went to Busch Gardens, which is like our local amusement park. It's not as nice as Disney World by any means, but they started doing their own food and wine festival to kind of like compete with Epcot, I guess. And it was like basically, yeah, it was fun, but it's like, it's like the trashy cousin of the Disney World version. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was universal. Oops. (laughs) So, but their fruit and wine festival was, you know, it's all right. We had a good time. And they had this cocktail that I wanted to share because it was so good. And I'm going to totally mispronounce the name. It's a Brazilian cocktail and it's called the Caipirinha. And it basically, what it is, is it uses (laughs) cachaça rum with cane sugar and lime juice. So basically, if you wanted to make it at home, you need one to two limes. You're going to cut them in quarters and take the pits out. Use a couple tablespoons of sugar, a couple of ounces of the rum, and then a tablespoon of fresh lime juice, which is optional if you're already using the limes. Crushed ice, and then you you garnish also with lime slices, and you basically put it all in a glass or a cocktail shaker, combine the limes with the sugar, muddle everything, and it is really tasty. Um, And it could be just as strong as however you you want to make it. Depends on if you're a fan of rum. But it kind of reminds me of a mojito, just... Just a little different. You know what I mean? So but it like, sounds super refreshing. 
Yeah, it's really good. So if you're looking for like a nice, fun, like warm weather is coming, you want like a festive drink, this is a good one. All right, guys. So our casting call has officially closed. And I just want to thank everybody who submitted a video to be a host on the show. Erin, I don't know if you've watched any of these videos, but they've been super funny. People have shared like some really great, embarrassing horse show moments. I don't know. Yeah. I caught one this morning of the porta potty, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. That and was the a dog good one. ran and opened up and she was bare naked or buck naked. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that's amazing. <laughs> Do you there have an embarrassing really story? Um, gosh, I wish I had some really good ones, but I don't. I have like lame horse show stories. Usually I'm just the groom and I'm like, eh, nothing fun happens to me. Usually everything happens outside in the field, you know? Right, right. But no, yeah, everyone shared some like super hilarious, crazy stories. So thanks so much for sharing them on social media publicly. (laughs) And we will be announcing the winner soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So Jess, what do you have for news this week? I have, it's funny, but I think it could have been cooler, honestly, but there is a horse that went through the drive through at a liquor store in British Columbia. So this rider took their horse through the Longhorn Pub cold beer and wine store. They had like a drive through and they're like, we've seen a lot of like interesting customers. And this girl, like there's a video of her riding up on like her little chestnut, but the thing is, I don't even know if she bought a drink. It doesn't look like it. So I'm like... Man, you went to the drive-thru and, like, you got all the way there and didn't even buy a drink? Like, my sister's ridden to, like, the bar and, like, tied her little western pony outside and gotten some beer and then got back home. Like, at least if you're going to the liquor store, I think you should get something, right? I would say so. I have a question, though. Can you ride yeah. and drink? Like, without getting a DUI? Yeah. Is, like, is that even illegal? Wait, we've reported this on the podcast before. Remember the yeah. lady in Florida who got arrested for being belligerently but drunk on the horse? But she was belligerent. So, yeah. But is it, can, also, is it like open container? She was also on a highway. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, I don't know. Probably. I mean, you can get a DUI on a bike and in a golf cart in Florida, but I think it depends on your state. Well, and I think that, like, if you have a beer and you're not drunk, like, are they going to really give you a DUI? Probably not. Well, it looks like it looks like she also has supervision because there's like a guy following her as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case something happens, he can grab that rein, you know. <laughs> so, Aaron, what do you have? All right. So, my story or my article is: Does barn work count as exercise? You know, at first, I literally was like, "Okay, this is an intriguing story." But I would have to agree with everything that this author um, wrote about because I think a lot of us get stuck in that monotony of chores and barn work and um, don't really break up that time spent. So it's just the redundant repetition and you're not working every muscle group. So it actually was a great article. I agree with her. I may get some backlash on this, but I think you need to break up your barn chores with other activities in between. And she talks about doing um, lunges and then doing wall push-ups and taking your buckets and doing bicep curls. So in between all your normal activities, including planking, we all love planking, take a minute of time and plank in between your chores. I thought it was an awesome article actually. Courtney and them did that. They did their own like CrossFit at our barn one time, like last summer, two summers ago. Really? 
Yeah. So like a lot of the girls will go running at the barn and like stay in shape, like Courtney kind of like leads the pack kind of thing. So they'll all go running and stuff. And one week we had one year, we had this girl working for us and she was all about kind of CrossFit and everything. I think it's how it started. And they're like, we're going to do our own CrossFit. So they carried like full water buckets down the driveway. I was like, nah, thanks. (laughs) I'll pass. Yeah. What? I feel like. We call that farm fit here. (laughs) Yeah. They were crazy. They were doing like some of the craziest things. And I was like, wait, you left the barn with a full bucket of water and it was just supposed to go to that stall right next to you. Like, no, no. I think I would pass out if I had to do barn tours and then incorporate a workout in between. We have 28 horses and they were like, and it was summertime. So like the horses are inside all day long because it's hot down here. Mm -hmm. I mean, Justine, you know, like you... Don't leave yep. them out. And so after that, then they like had all muck stalls and they decided to do this, like abbreviated their own CrossFit basically. And I was like, oh my gosh, they were great. I don't think it lasted that long, but it was really funny. They did do like this incorporated, like they had their own exercises and did bicep curl. It was craziness. Every day they told me and I was like, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the point that they're making this article and I, I gonna have to agree is that Say you're mucking out stalls. It's that repetitive motion and yeah. shoulder. Like how many people have shoulder issues from mucking stalls for, from doing it as a kid into your, you know, you need to have 30s, 40s. You've yeah. got to be able to work other muscles and other groups within your body to keep, to maintain your, you know, your physical activity. Cause after a while, those motions start, you know, decreasing your mobility and causing yeah. more issues than good. No, absolutely. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So they're saying literally take like a minute in between each thing and just do a few repetitions of something off the cusp that's going to work different muscle groups. Absolutely. Justine, what do you have for us? So I have a really cool science story. So there's this vet out of the University of Calgary's Veterinary Clinical and Diagnostic Center in Alberta that is using a new really cool capsule that's basically a camera that a horse can swallow it's really small it's like about the size of like a a grain pellet like like a beet pulp pellet essentially and the horse ingests it and then it it obviously shares an image it's a camera of like the intestines of your horse so it's a great way to basically do a endoscopy of the inside of your horse get a good idea get a good look at their gut and, and their gi tract which is really really cool So that's definitely been done in humans before, but this sounds like it's one of the first times that it's ever been used in a veterinary market for like dogs and now horses, which is really neat, Um, especially with how many horses suffer from hindgut ulcers and things that you can't necessarily see in a regular scope. I think that this could really be a game changer for treating conditions like that. So um, they did a like a initial study and like using the capsule in uh, 20 horses, adult horses, also some weanlings and a miniature donkey just to see how it works. And the camera re- can record up to 35,000 frames, which is a heck of a wow. lot. Wow. I know. That's amazing. And it spends about four hours recording in the stomach and two to five hours in the small intestine and about 10 hours um before uh like in the rest of the body before its battery life runs out so that's a pretty good amount of time that's a long time (laughs) and they said uh the camera provided really good images of the stomachs uh the lower and the hindgut 
like back in, back into the small intestine before uh, basically the horse poops it out. So hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll link to this, all these stories in the show notes for you guys so you can read it yourself. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, which is our daily email newsletter that comes out every weekday morning. This week, we've been doing a really fun campaign focusing on the crazy horse people you meet on the internet. Obviously, no names are mentioned, but it's all the characters you know and loathe from different Facebook groups. (laughs) And we do all kinds of fun stuff in the brief. So if you're not a subscriber, you should sign up now. And you can do that by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. All right, guys, so I want to talk to you about this unbelievable horse sheet I have and got to review. Are you guys familiar with Saratoga Horseworks, that brand? Do you know that company? No. I'm not familiar with it either. I know them because they do some, like, dress sheets and scrim sheets and coolers and stuff as prizes for a couple of horse show circuits. So I'm familiar with that. Like, you know, you win a class or you win a year-end award and you can get a blanket. And sometimes it comes from Saratoga. And I've seen how beautiful they are at different horse shows. So um, I was really excited to get this sheet. And I got the Oasis Summer Dress Sheet. So it is a very lightweight, like scrim, essentially. Like it's a very lightweight summer sheet. And what's really cool about it is it blocks up to 74% UV rays, which sounds like a lot, right? That's like Yeah. And... For my horse, my horse doesn't sweat. I've talked about it for like a million years on this ho- on this podcast. So I always worry, like I don't put a fly sheet on my horse in the summer. Even like a dress sheet sounds like it. Like I would worry about him because he just is hot all the time. But it is so light, it's crazy. Like I just, I can't believe how lightweight the material and flexible the material is. And it's just a, a really beautiful sheet. So it starts at $119, but what's the, the coolest thing about Saratoga is they are so customizable. Like any piping, design, color, embroidery, uh, leather buckles, anything you can think of, you can customize this sheet to be completely your own. And I just, I think that's the coolest thing about this company is how hands-on they are about customization. Like you can literally make the sheet that will not look like any other sheet ever produced. Like it's so cool. So I picked a really pretty navy, like navy sheet body. And then it has a red, like a burgundy trim. And then it's called camel, but it's like a light beige, like trim in between the navy and the burgundy. And it just looks so sharp. It's, it's a really beautifully made sheet. And it's just like perfect for horse shows. And then I got an embroidered, like my initials on it. So I'll have to share a picture with you guys so you can see it. But it's perfect for summer shows, especially for you, Aaron, like someone who shows upstate where it's not like a hundred thousand degrees, you know, and you <laughs> show normally in the, in the summertime yes. uh, because it's great for like, like the, the size of the holes. It's not like a normal scrim sheet where like you can see the mesh. Like it's really like the holes are very small. So it's great to keep bugs and insects away, but it still has that breathability and that lightweight mesh fabric. And it's great for keeping your horse clean. Like at the horse show, like no dust, no bugs, and it'll keep, and it will protect them from the sun too. I'm going through the options right now. Like I'm fooling around with it. That there's a ton of customization on it. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight customizations. I know. It's including crazy. color. Yeah. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah. 
It's really nice. It's a beautiful sheet. So Saratoga is so wonderful that they're giving our podcast listeners a coupon. So if you're interested in getting a sheet of your own, you can go to their website, which is horseworks. That's W-O-R-K-S, horseworks.com. And you can take 20% off your order by using the coupon code HEELSDOWN20. So capital H, capital D, heels down two zero. All right, guys. So I wrote this story this week that's creating a lot of buzz for Heels Down about side hustles. So I don't know if you guys read the website Man Repeller, but it's like a fashion news and culture website. Um, but they, I really like them. They publish really interesting think pieces. And I'm not really a fashion person, but I generally enjoy what they do. And they wrote this story about how people our age generally are just like they can't just enjoy their hobbies and they feel like they have to monetize them. Like whether you have, you like to sew. So then you create an Etsy shop, that kind of thing. And that just got me thinking about equestrians because I feel like every horse person I know has like three jobs and I understand horses are expensive. Yeah. We need extra income to afford this very expensive hobby and to own and maintain a horse. But I wanted to talk to you guys about what you think about that, because I, I liked the article's point, which was, you know, feeding into this gig economy, this this trend of always needing to be busy. And uh, why can't we just enjoy hobbies for what they are and, and not blast it to the world in this like brand branded, you know, equestrian influencer sort of scenario? So I don't know. Do you have a do you have a, an opinion like Aaron? Yeah, I can tell you from firsthand experience that I work three to four jobs just to keep, you know, and maintain my horse. And not that I'm saying that it's it's a lot of money, yes, but I've always had numerous jobs. I've always worked my butt off for everything that I do. So I feel like for me, it's becoming almost normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, I mean, I totally, I think so many people are that way. Like. You have to kind of, not that you have to have a side gig or whatever, but to want to do the horses and do all that, like, why would you not want the extra money in like a lot of different situations, you know, like, and you kind of right. want the extra money to be able to do more things with the horses. So like, right. I mean, but I, like we probably, that's less time, have time, right? When you're, when you're working more jobs, that means that's less time you're spending at the barn. Like, so Aaron, how do you. How do you do it? Like, what are your four jobs that you have? Literally, I juggle my life. So I had a great conversation tonight with a friend of mine actually at the barn. So she had said to me, hey, why don't you get a real job nine to five, which I do essentially. I work as a vet tech, but it's it's varying hours. It changes every week to, for the most part. And I went to school for graphic design, but I can't see myself sitting at a desk from a nine to five. I would go absolutely bonkers. And she said that, you know, she likes money. She likes doing the things she does with her horse. She wanted, she wants to pay for events and do everything she does, but she also does not like her job. So how do you, how do you, how do you balance that? I love my jobs. I work a ton. I can't imagine being a job just for the money, just do things I like, and then not be happy in my job. Totally. So it's, well, it's totally a juggling effect right there. I understand that. And Jess, for your point, like between you and Doug, you guys work a million jobs, but you're professionals, you know, like Doug, both of you, you've competed at the, like the biggest events. 
you have sponsors, you know what I mean? So everything kind of feeds back into you guys as athletes, right? You know, and that brand you've created as like athletes and you're, yeah, but I mean, we like to travel and do other things as well. So like for us to be able to do all that and do it like, like, so the Rodan and Fields, like, I mean, that's totally one of our side jobs that like, that's it's true. completely like, you know, it's not horse related at all. And it kind of at the same time, like, yes, the horses are my job and I love it and everything else, but it gives me another avenue to make money and to have different, like it gets me away from the horses in a sense, you know? So yeah. it's fun to have that side job, make money and kind of have an outlook and for something different, honestly. So I mean, that's part of it. And then Doug wrote a book. Like, I mean, it's kind of a lot. Like, I mean, we all kind of do the same. And I think everybody does things that make them happy in the end. Like, so if you can make more money and do that at the same time, like, and at the same time, you do things that don't make you happy, but it makes you money. So, right. you know, so, I think it's everybody's kind of. It's kind of funny by. because Jess, you guys work with horses and that's your job where I work to be with my horse. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's com- complete opposite situation. Yeah, and I mean, where you, get, where you so get away from the horses, and I have to get to my horse and work for them. So yeah, it's just funny the Plus different we're perspectives. We're there all the time, but like, when people want to go and do trail rides and everything, like, we don't want to go trail riding. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, what we do as our job, like, we love and like, it's incredible that we're able to do this and everything else. But at the same time, like, we love to travel. Like, we like not that we have golfed anytime lately, but <laughs> Doug has before I have. But there's other things that we like to do, but they cost money. So then, mm-hmm. if it can like relieve a little bit of stress by having a side job, like when I brought it up to Doug about doing the Rodan and Fields like three years ago, he's like, absolutely. Why not? Like, why are we even talking about this? Like, another way to make money? Like, absolutely. We'll figure it in. And a lot of those things that like you talk about, the jobs, like, you figure out a way to fit it into your crazy schedule. Right. Right. Well, so do you feel like this is a generational thing? Cause do you think people, you know, 10, 15, 20 years older than us had, had these same kind of like juggling for jobs kind of outlook? I think social media, cause you get a lot of like social media influencers that are getting paid to do social media. And that's like that. I think it's completely a generational thing that, you know, they social media has made it easier to kind of connect with more people and be able to do other things. Like you can put a Facebook post up and say, Hey, I'm going to braid horses this week at the horse show. And you're getting to way more people than hoping somebody sees it on a bulletin board. Yeah, that's really true. And I've seen, so I interviewed a bunch of riders from our podcast group recently about like how they afford horse showing on a budget and literally almost all of them work multiple jobs. So I totally get it. I mean, I work two jobs to afford my horse too. So I get, I get it, but I don't understand. I have a hard time with the influencer thing. You know what I mean? Like I understand how we all use social media for different, you know, different ways, but to like for a young rider to like brand themselves as trying like, as a professional when they're still a young rider on, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old person and I don't get it, but I feel like, at the end of the day, you shouldn't have to always be thinking about like, how does this affect my brand on the internet? Like you should just enjoy your horse because you enjoy it. And it shouldn't have to be that complicated of a thing. Am I, I now the- more people know, but like, I think social media has kind of made it that way, you know, yeah, and I don't like totally. agree with it, but they're like, oh my gosh, I missed the selfie with my horse. Like we were at a horse show just a bit ago, you know? And so 
and we're off to another one tomorrow, which is great. But I didn't get a picture with my client that did really well for a first show. And you know, that would kill some people. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'd have to get a picture. And I'm like, you know, I just was so proud of her anyways. I didn't think about posting it on the internet, you know, whereas so many people are like, Oh my gosh, I have to get a video or a picture to make sure that you do it like and brand it. I think it's, it's very much a generational thing that, you know, Doug loves to put stuff on. I mean, he has thousands and thousands of followers and I'm like, I forgot to get a picture. Like I forgot to get a video. <laughs> I think people lose sight too sometimes. You get so wrapped yeah. up into social media that you forget about there's actually a real world out there. You and can you put kind your of, phone you down and the, sit with people at the dinner table. And have a conversation, right. And I think social media just traps you. And I, yeah. I'm the first one to tell you that I'm like, hey, I put my phone away and I just forget about it because I can get trapped in that phone hole or just it grabs you and you, you miss everything in the outside world and you miss, you know, those special events, especially being at a horse show. And Jess, you made a good point that you were there for your client. You saw it, you witnessed it. You don't need the world to see that. The important person was there to watch it, I think. And I think that we lose focus, especially in social media land. I think there's got to be an equal balance, honestly. Like, and I think that's what, with the, you're talking about the social media influencers or whatever, like that's probably over the top. And then there's obviously people that don't post about anything and that's totally fine both. But I think the answer is probably somewhere in between. I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the more I hate the internet, but I'm just a Are you just going to cut person. it out completely? I wish I could, but I can't because of my job. You know, <laughs> we're back to the job. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go off the grid, but I, I can't because of my job. So yeah, it's a necessary evil. It really, I, I can agree too. I mean, social media, that, I mean, OT, the OTTB connect thing. I don't that's how really, po- that's, well, that's how it happened. I don't really post in there because I don't, I don't need that outside gratification or the outside world's judging on what I'm doing. Like I'm doing it cause I enjoy it. I don't need your opinion or questioning what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. I don't need anyone. I just did it because I kind of was persuaded by a friend to do it. And I was like, yeah, we'll see what happens. But. And look what happened. It's look what happened. Bad. Here here I am, right? <laughs> yeah. It's good and bad social media, basically. But yeah, I mean, and it's, I don't know, back to the side hustle thing. I wish horses were more manageable for us to afford. But just saying, if you love horses or you love to sew or you love to take photos, you don't have to monetize it unless you want to. Yeah, I think it's personal choice. Agreed. Just wish they weren't so darned expensive. And they're getting more <laughs> expensive by the week. Yeah. <laughs> Every week it's like, add this, add this, add this, do this. Yep. It's never ending. But we love it, right? Exactly. Most days. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So we're talking about eco gold. Not only non-slip, breathable Moisture wicking Eco Gold saddle pads are a piece of technology to help your horse perform at its best. Get yours at ecogold.ca. So, Jess, I have a question for you. Now that we're heading into this spring season, into summer season, show season, you know, what are you doing to, to kind of keep your horses conditioned and what are your kind of getting to that peak performance level? 
So about half our barn is show jumping, half of it's event horses, um, with a couple hunters thrown in there in the mix. So with the fitness kind of thing, obviously with event horses, they started, so we're getting to our big first horse show is this weekend. Carolina International is our big first FEI event of the season. So they started doing base fitness work back in January. Wow. So we go back and we really, and you have to think in Aiken, there's some hills, but not a ton of hills. Like it's not like in New York and New Jersey. So we basically start with a very base fitness and make sure that they can kind of get kind of like a three mile, like we do three fives essentially at a very slow kind of canner and is what like, they'll want to be at like a kind of a medium. So some of them, if they're a little bit had more time off, we'll start with like three threes or three fours. But if they're kind of not had much time off, we'll go three fours, three fives to start. And it's very, very slow. So like they'll trot for 10 minutes and then they'll do a set of one set of five minute canner, slow, slow canner, and then walk for two minutes and then repeat that for three times. And so they do that every Tuesday and Saturday is kind of what our base plan is. And so obviously different weeks you change it up or, you know, they lost a shoe or they jumped extra or whatever else, but we try to gallop them twice a week and then they jump once a week. So ideally on like a Thursday, they'll jump and, uh, kind of fits in their schedule like that. Or if they go to a jumper show and they end up jumping two days a week, they'll skip one of the gallops. So we do it early enough that we have that base fitness so that before we start adding hills or speed or any other work, they've got a very good base fitness. And our jumpers are a little bit different. We end up kind of doing that base fitness and they're not kind of on that reg, like they're not regulated like the event horses because they're not going to, you know, Kentucky or Bromont or Jersey or wherever their spring three day is. They're just jumping in some Grand Prix. So we'll do them probably once a week. They'll go up the hill and like do a trot set up the hill or they'll do like, you know, three threes on the flat or something. And that's kind of, and they, same thing. They do a lot of footwork as exercises to kind of make sure they're like, you know, quick on their feet. So whether it's bounce, bounce exercises, pole exercises, everything, um, they'll do that two times a week and then they jump big once a week. Got it. So. I have a question for you, Jess. So since you, you have horses that do various disciplines, I wanted to ask about flare strips because I'm a hunter. So a a hunter rider, I've never really used them before. Do you use them on your show jumpers too, or just your event horses? So kind of like rule of thumb, um, just because we, we love the flare strips and they're great. We end up if one is kind of a weird breather or whatever, we'll actually even like end up galloping in them if we needed to, or because you can use them every day. Like it is designed that you could do, um, you know, if you had something that was like a weird breather, like they could do it. It just opens up their nasal passage. And I was just going to say, could I use that every day for every day? You could do my horse like today if I wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you totally could. And it could be for a routine. Like if you think you're going to have a heavier school and you're like, look, I think that they'll recover faster or they, you know, get a bit fatigued. All those things that we mentioned earlier, like they do do that. And it's very easy to put on. You know, I just did a little like tutorial for Instagram, like how to do it. And it's just, it's so easy. Like you wipe their nose off with, you know, we use rubbing alcohol. So we make sure it's clean and everything and you stick it on their nose and peel it off. Like it's very easy. Like they have instructions. So, but the ones when we know they're going to be doing cross country, like hands down, they have to always like have them on. And right, right. 
we had a show jumper that I thought kind of felt like that, we would totally use it. But I mean, when we're going in the ring and like running around with like 10 of them, most likely like we're like, oh, uh, <laughs> like kind of forgot. <laughs> so we probably should use it more, but we don't honestly. So, I mean, but you totally could. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're interested in getting your own flare strips, you can go to flare strips, F-L-A-I-R strips.com. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Uh, does anybody want to volunteer to go first? I'll go first. Oh, okay. So Doug and I had our fifth anniversary this past weekend, and we were very lucky. Doug got his pilot's license a couple years ago, and we can rent the school plane here in Aiken. So we went up. We have really good friends that introduced us and said, hey, look, you really need to go see Eric Church in concert, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, we flew up to Greensboro, North Carolina and went to an Eric Church concert for our anniversary. It was so much fun. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. Oh, he's amazing in concert. Like I... He's just a, a performer, like the lights and everything. And what I really liked about it as well is he did like this whole kind of, you know, like different songs that weren't his. And I felt like, honestly, I was like back in college. They were songs that like I listened to at college <laughs> in the bars and looked over at my husband and I'm like, Sarah should be here with us. Like she was my best friend at college. And he goes, really? Like, this is our anniversary. And I'm like, record this now. I got to send it to her. My phone died. <laughs> That's so funny. Doug. So, but it was so much fun. Like he was great. Like he was an amazing performer. So if anybody's not seen Eric church, like he was, he was awesome in concert. So I highly recommend it. I have not, but now I want to. Oh, I he was so good. And like, I don't even think you have to like his songs to like go. Cause he's just a great performer. Oh, so so. Just pure entertainment. I'm sure. Oh, right. It was amazing. But Which, congrats that, on anniversary. That's amazing too. Thanks. That was my thorn. <laughs> Not that is my anniversary is my thorn. <laughs> that's terrible. But we I don't really have a thorn, but I guess the weird one would be it's not really a thorn, it was just weird. My mom and dad came in town and kept Hudson while we mm-hmm. went. So we left Hudson for the night, which was just weird. It wasn't it's not a thorn, I guess, but I don't know. Is really that your it. first time leaving? I would say overnight? was that the first time ever? So I have left him once before with Doug though. And Doug's left him a couple times before with me, but we've never both left him. Oh yeah. So we were there very thankful. My parents took care of him, but it was kind of weird to like, not have like, you know, looking at the phone being like, Oh, is he, you know, that monitor is on our phone and it's being like, Oh, is he awake? You know, why are we not getting woken up by a, you know, year old baby? So it was weird. So, Justine, <laughs> what's yours? I didn't really have a thorn. That's how I guess I had to be. That's okay. That works. My rose is, um, it's going to be sort of long, but Mikey's been awesome. I've taken him to several horse shows the last couple of months, and he's just like kicking butt and feels so fit and so good, which is great because we start slowing down for the summer here soon. And I'm just really proud of him. But my rose is that I hauled my horse to a horse show in the pouring freaking rain for the first time ever. Because I'm like a weenie when it comes to hauling the horse trailer because I do it by myself. And I was going to a dressage show last weekend. And I looked at the forecast. The weather was supposed to be good. And I got on the highway and it just like downpoured like crazy Florida hurricane storm the whole time for me to get there. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this because it's like if I turn around, I'm still driving in it. Right. So I just it 
forced me to not be a weenie and just drive through the storm on the highway. And it was fine. We survived. Everybody was good. So that was like, you know, macho points for me because I yeah. was very afraid to do it my first time. And I knew it was going to happen when I didn't expect it. And I survived and we're fine. So now I can haul in the rain every time. And then my thorn is just kind of a funny story. It's the same horse show. So I'm leaving that horse show. And I had to stop at the gas station to fill up on the way home. And I'm like, I've ridden, you know, Mikey's in the trailer, I'm getting gas, and I'm going to pull out and leave. And I, I look like haggardly disgusting. I'm at the end of a horse show that was like muddy and rainy the whole time. My white breeches are disgusting. And I'm wearing muck boots with my white breeches and my hair is all over the place. I still had a hairnet on that I just shoved like a hat over. Oh. I looked I looked <laughs> like a total mess. Okay. And I'm just pumping gas and I'm just thinking like I need to go drop the horse off, clean up the trailer, then I'm ready for a beer, you know, like end of a horse show day. And there is this guy, because there's always a guy, right? Always like a creepy guy at a gas station off the side of the highway that is just like gives me like the creepy death stare like you know like if it was midnight he would probably like knock me over the head and like drag me behind the gas station kind of creepy <laughs> guy you know gosh and then, so I'm just looking at him and it's like his friends are in the car and they're hooting and hollering you know, like trying to get my attention and I'm like dude they must not be able to see what I look like from where they are <laughs> how am I picking up a dude right now <laughs> so they finally like they're getting ready to leave and I have the truck and the horse trailer too you know it's like I have a, a, a large vehicle going on and so they finally they're pulling out and they're pulling out like a little car and they turn around the corner like they're gonna hoot and holler at me as they like turn and see me finally like full on like in my whole outfit and they see me and they do not holler at all they just look <laughs> at me and then keep driving <laughs> but they were so creepy this the one guy pumping the gas was so creepy like the five minutes before and it i just laughed i laughed as they pulled out of the gas station because it serves you right for being creepy to random women anyway Jesus. Horse show, muck boot, fashion. You know what I mean? I loved it. I bet you look I bet you look beautiful. (laughs) I should have like kissed at them or something as they drove. (laughs) Gave them the the double eye wink, right? (laughs) Like, here you go, creeper. Yeah, right. (laughs) What's your rose and thorn? Well, I'd say my rose would be speaking of horses, because that's all I worry about is my horse. We are back in full work which is super exciting so as you well know new york weather is the devil because literally it can be snowing one day and the sun can be out the next day and actually i just put up a a picture on on facebook like a week and a half ago the week before it was sunny and 60 i did a trail ride he was going it's awesome the following week it was snow globe four or five inches of snow freezing it's just it's awful so i should be going down to aiken which by the way i'm I'm coming down next week and you are i am yeah 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 driving down i'll be down there next weekend super excited so new york weather sucks so we're finally back into working mode which is great because my poor horse has typical thoroughbred feet and it's like abscess city so now the ground is finally normalized we are in full work and today was beautiful. The sun was out. We did our hill work, by the way, up and nice. down the hill, you know, Very like good. six, seven times up and down. It was perfect. And last time I let him canter up. I'm like, all right, fine. You can canter up. So that would be my grand rose that we're finally moving into our spring season, summer season. And I'm looking forward to really getting them going. So awesome. yeah, yeah. Super exciting. 
My thorn would be really quick. So as you know, I work as a vet tech during the day. Totally anal gland expressed all over me yesterday. So there's my thorn. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Nothing hit the mouth, thank God. But it was definitely... It was definitely all over me. Oh, <laughs> painful. The poor dog got so scared and just shot out and it was, oh. it was, it was everywhere. So there's my thorn for the day. That should be your thorn for the month. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's just like an occupational hazard, right? Like you're, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, generally we are and that the whole, the dog had come in for actually an anal gland expression. And before we even got to him, he'd already, he was like, proceeding to do it because he was so scared so i brought the dog back out i'm like well we didn't do it but he did it himself so we're not charging you <laughs> oh wow Jeez. oh my gosh yeah but it was all over my my scrubs thank oh you my by gosh. the way yeah so i that smell was permeated my nose for the rest of the day Ugh. oh gross <laughs> well speaking of scrubs so I wanted to, this isn't like, this is like a mailbag that I have compiled from several questions that people have posted in the Facebook group. And I feel like you're always the first person I think of, Aaron, and I tag you in all of them. But several people have asked about tips on finding quality men's riding clothes. And it seems like it's actually kind of hard. So I wanted to know if you had any tips on like your favorite brands or why is it hard to find quality, you know, men's breeches, where you find your riding clothes, if you have any tips or tricks you can share with our listeners. Yeah, totally. So the male rider and finding clothing has always been a challenge. Um, And the best thing for me is, you know, honestly, my trainer, Carrie, she does such an amazing job. And she's a great little outlet, too, for finding good little bargains and deals. And she always directs us to the right sources, you know, EIS, their quality, great shirts as far as breaches go you know i you gotta spend money honestly to get the quality they're expensive and they're in my rotation literally all day every day so i have about four pairs and they just keep flying through and i'm actually at the point now where i might be wearing women's breeches because i'm due for a couple new pairs as far as tips and finding cheap way to get out of it you know as far as like a hunt coat goes i use a tuxedo coat or not tuxedo but a suit coat oh really getting yeah. like a really nice hunt coat which are generally really expensive and they're yeah you know, they're custom to you but i have two suit coats that i generally wear for you know dressage or shows because they look exactly the same and no one has any idea they're like these coats are great where'd you get them from i'm like oh my neighbor's <laughs> neighbor suit store down the road <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you tried women's breeches, like what brand would you want to try? So I was told that Piper's fit pretty good. Oh, the men's, the nice. men's figure, but mind you, I'm six, two, I'm telling my weight, I'm like 215 pounds, 220. So I'm a big guy. So to find women's breeches that actually fit me, yeah. I have not How done any research. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to try it. What is uh? What is so, Doug riding? I was gonna say. So I was Doug, say, what is yeah? What does Doug do? So Doug can bl- like he can destroy some clothes. So Doug goes through Amir Equi. He does it in Europe, and he swears by them. He loves his Picure breeches, and that's the only place he'll order them. He found that basically he can get the breeches at almost half off than you can get in the states, even really? paying the shipping mm-hmm, from Europe. 
So he swears by them. Like that's the only place he will buy breeches. And the same thing, he loves the EIS shirts. And then he also wears like summer shirts every day. And he just gets the Colt, like K-U-H-L or whatever the brand is. It's, yeah, it's not a riding brand or anything, but uh-huh. they just fit his earphones and stuff so well that he loves them. All right. Well, so Aaron, so I'm stalking your Facebook page and your suit hunk coat looks great. I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah, very right? dapper looking. It's beautiful with your horse's dark color. I, you would never know the difference. It's like a beige, beigey color, right? If I remember the yeah. color I'm wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. No one would know the difference. I think it looks great. And that is a good hack. If you could get away with it. Yeah. You know? And honestly, a lot of my things too, I have a really good friend who buys and sells online. So she does a lot of those like Facebook groups that have, you know, it's like buy and sell. Buy, what, sell, like, trade or whatever. You, like, like, like used items, like events. Oh. Yeah. Like a, a English tech trader, like those. Yes, exactly. Like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so she is always buying and selling. And so she'll come to me like, Hey, I happen upon this pair of breeches. Are you interested? And I said, yes, absolutely. I totally want them. Save them for me. Or she just got me an area vest, which I'm super excited about. And she finds really great deals and they're usually super cheap and they're not expensive and I'm all about it. So. So That's Aaron, awesome. what Doug does, you've got to check out, he goes on Amir Equi. And it's a European site. Okay. He finds his Pecura breaches for almost half price than you can get in the States. I'm That's totally amazing. looking it up. Yeah. 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 It's my amazing. favorite are my, ov- I have ovations, which I love. Of course, I have tailored sportsmen, which I've had since the dawn of time. And they've lasted and like, they have holes in them. So I get something to my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm like, you need to patch my, uh, my patch my breaches. <laughs> you too, mom. Doug. Doug's like literally last till they're almost going to disintegrate. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have a pair. They literally have lasted me since I, I don't even remember, two, uh, at least nine years. He can't, he wow. doesn't have anything but the Picures. Well, I'm totally looking that up by the yeah, way. Yeah. That's, I mean, cause we've tried to have him like try different bridges that we can get over here, but no, he's like, nope. Like you said, you just got to spend some to get some. But if they're half the price, I'm like, all right. Cause I don't fit in Picures. Like they don't fit me well. And he swears by them. That's awesome. Well, I definitely send me that link because I'm going to check that out. I will. So if you guys have a question that you want us to answer on the show, you can email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can join our Facebook group by searching in Facebook for the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge and you can always post there. If you want to hear more from us at Heels Down Mag, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief at bit.ly slash hdbrief. And you can always check out our website, which is heelsdownmag.com. So thanks to all of our sponsors this week, Flare Strips, Saratoga Horseworks, and Eagle Gold. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank Bye, you, Erin. I know. Yay. Is that it? That's, that's it. it. So okay, cheers. Okay, dogs, you can make all the noise you want now. <laughs> <laughs>